Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, I'm Claire Venice. And I'm Joff Lacey. We're back from our summer break. And catching up with events in the Petersphere in this week's Peapod. If you love Petersfield... I love the square. The hangers. The open-air swimming pool. Lots of fun shops. Then the Peapod loves you. It's just a nice town. Everything Petersfield is in the Peapod with Claire Venice and Joff Lacey. Thank you for joining us in the Peapod. We've got a packed show for you as we return to the Petersphere from our summer holiday. In this episode, we feature lots of local voices from local places, including the Hollycomb Steam Fair, Clanfield Bowling Club and a celebrating tea shop. As we found out in the Peapod, there's always something going on in the Petersphere. The P stands for Petersfield. It's like the best town ever. <laughs> the Peapod. There is indeed. Hello, Joe. <laughs> there is indeed, Claire. Hello, Claire. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm a bit concerned we're going to be a little bit rusty. Already feeling it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the intro took about four takes. Yeah. <laughs> and it was only five lines. <laughs> so, Claire, we've, this is the first time we've got together since June. Yeah. It's been a long summer. <laughs> it has been a long summer, hasn't it's it? It's felt a long summer, Joff. I don't know about you, but I don't feel quite as relaxed after this summer as I did last. No. So our return last year was at the Antiques show, mm-hmm. Antiques Fair. This year we're, we're, in, we're in the graveyard again. <laughs> we keep coming back. Keep coming back. We have the Salvation Army in the background wishing us on our way. Uh, we have cyclists parked up outside Josie's. It's fun, isn't it? Well, you know what? It's a beautiful early autumn Sunday morning. and The farmer's market is taking place in the square. We're going to pop along over there soon and have a chat to a few people, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) It's our favourite thing to do. Yeah, Yeah, it's a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. And you know it's always going to be warm in September because the kids have gone back to school. Yeah, Gosh, this week is <laughs> yeah. looking like summer's finally arrived. <laughs> it has. I've got one day off this week. I might pull a sickie. I don't know. Oh. Because it, it's about up to 28 degrees. I yeah. don't think we had anywhere near 28 degrees in the whole of August. No, I don't think we have. Or July, actually, no. thinking about it. <laughs> so how was your summer break? Yeah, it was It was good. It was good. We, we went to France. That was a lovely holiday. But it was kind of overshadowed by... A-level and GCSE yeah, results. Yeah, and how were they? They were great, actually. Really pleased well with both girls who did really well and are off on their new adventures. One's going off to uni later on this month oh. and the other one's starting sixth form college. Wow, in, uh, all change in the Venice household. Really is, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So trying to pack the the one that's going off to uni up with everything she needs. Yep. Which, um, you know, endless list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I forget something. But that's exciting. I'm it excited exci- for her. Yes, so how's your summer been, Joff? Yeah, um, yeah. My, we had, I had two weeks off work. Uh, we had a bit of home improvements, which seemed to coincide with my two weeks. So I didn't have a lie-in, I don't oh, think. That was badly timed. And the weather was, wasn't kind, let's just say. So, yeah, I, I went back to work feeling I hadn't had a break. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of feels a bit like that. <laughs> Which I was nice. Know. Maybe we're not the only ones, I don't know. I hope you've had a lovely <laughs> summer. <laughs> yes. I'm actually coming out from the end of a cold as well, so I picked up a... a summer a cold? Summer cold. She's really annoying. Oh. And it was passed on by my 12-year-old, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> still times. grounded, is she? Good times, yeah. <laughs> now, listen. Yes? Joff, you have some news, some very exciting news. Uh-huh. You've been nominated for a Petersfield Award. Yes, yes. The Tell Pe- us more. <laughs> well, the Petersfield Awards, organised by Hopetown Events. Um, it's an annual thing where they recognise all things fantastic in the Petersfield, whether it be 
uh, best business, best cafe, best drinking establish, young achiever. There is also an award called Petersfield Personality, Claire. <laughs> and I, I was nominated and I am on the short list. To be Petersfield Personality 2023. I think that's brilliant, job. Well deserved. <laughs> Thank well you deserved. very much indeed. You know, because you started off this year in the panto. Yes. And you basically, you know, you carried that show as... as <laughs> what was your character? I was the Nurse Dame. Nelly the Dame. That's it, that's it. And then I followed that up with uh, Canterbury Tales uh, through Lion and Unicorn. And my face was all over the Petersphere and beyond. For for about eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people are still reeling from that a bit. <laughs> yeah. And obviously then, Shine Radio, mm-hmm. the Peapod, the wonderful Peapod that I do with you. Um, yes. Yeah. I think that the, the, biggest, um, the biggest thing that's come out of this, and uh, it's a surprise for a lot of people, with I've been described as a brightening presence. <laughs> Who described you as that? <laughs> Don't, it's on the, it's on it's on it's on my nomination description. <laughs> there has been a lot of shaking of heads <laughs> and bewilderment, one might say, unless I I'm carrying it well when I whenever I'm about the town. <laughs> Maybe they saw you as Nurse Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but that's a lovely thing. That's a lovely thing to be described as, Joff. I'm, I'm really thrilled for you. Yes, yeah, so um, I, I'm not going to push for votes that often, but please do vote for me. How can you vote, Joff? You can you know? vote by going to the Hometown Festival's events webpage, and there's a link to the Peterhood Awards. Um, it's a tough group that I'm in, so I'm going to need all the support I can. So get voting. Please, you wonderful listeners of the Peapod. <laughs> nicely said, nicely said. Well, the award ceremony takes place on the 20th of October. Now, last year we did a Peapod there. We did. Will we be doing one this year? I, I think we're going to have to, John. I think we're going to have to, aren't we? Yeah, before, middle and after. I think so. I think so. <laughs> yeah, look forward to Well, that. unless I'm in tears, then... Um, oh... Then uh, I don't think I can. You were, no, no brightening presence then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my usual doom and gloom. <laughs> what has your family said about it? How do they feel about um, it? Yes, I think they're proud. A bit alarming because um, the boys still haven't got over my face being everywhere for two months, especially in some of the local di- drinking establishments. <laughs> and this is just another, <laughs> another, another way that I can embarrass them, which is probably what I was put on this planet to do. <laughs> Oh, well done. <laughs> You're doing your job well, John. Yes. So, Claire, mm. we've been going four years nearly. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? Four years in October. We I think our 200th show will be around November time. Mm-hmm. And we'd like to do something special, wouldn't we? We would. We would. We'd like to mark it. I mean, we marked our 50th Peapod with a massive show at the TPS studio we going did. back a couple of years now. Yes. And to, to get to 200 shows, it's quite a feat, Joff. Well done. We, we've shows. done well, haven't we? We have. I'm, I'm, you know, goes to show what, what an amazing town this is that we Very much in. so. That we so can much going on here. go to 200 different events, establishments, meet loads of people but yes we'd like to mark it with a little celebration but i think we'd like to do something wouldn't we we really would yes so if you have any ideas yes because <laughs> i'm all out of them yeah me too <laughs> we, we'd love your contribution actually so do get in touch with us we'd love to hear from you and and find out if you have a challenge that you think joff and i could possibly be up for and we'd obviously do it for charity so it would be it would be a bit of fundraising as a thank you 
to you wonderful people of Petersfield and the surroundings. Absolutely. And as you know, we love to hear from you. So if you have a story you'd like us to cover or would just like to say hi, please do call or WhatsApp us on 01730 555 500 or you can email team at shineradio.uk. Coming up, Clanfield Bowls and Sports Club is enjoying a surge in membership and it's not all just about bowls. But first, let's find out more about the Holocombe Steam Fair. The P stands for Petersfield. I think it's an amazing place to live. The Peapod. Hollycombe Steam Fair is one of Britain's largest collections of working steam. With steam-driven rides and fairground sideshows, you can go back in time to see how the Victorians and Edwardians used steam for work and play. There's also a steam train to ride too. And... I've been on it. It's fantastic. There are gorgeous views of the South Downs as it travels around the park. It's quite a special place as Shine Radio's Alistair Knox Crawford found out when he went to the extravaganza. Hello, it's Alistair Crawford. I'm here for the Peapod at the Holicum Steam Museum near Liphook on one of their extravaganza days where everything is driven by steam. I've been talking to lots of local voices about their involvement here at Holicum and all of the steam-related equipment that they bought with them for show to the general public. The weather's been okay. We had nice sunshine to begin with, bit of rain, and now it's sunny again. Let's listen to some of the local voices talking about volunteering at Holicum and about the extravaganza. So Lucy, once again, thank you very much indeed for inviting Shine Radio to Holocombe today. For those Shine Radio listeners who know nothing about Holocombe, can you give us a quick overview? Yeah, sure. So it's um, Edwardian steam-driven fairground rides, and we've also got Narragate Railway, Miniature Railway, Steam Farm, Beam Engine, Cafe, Gardens, basically lots and lots plenty for people to see and do and apart from myself it's all run by volunteers so how long has Holycombe existed so 1972 was when it was first founded so we're getting into our 52nd year at the end at the end of this year so yeah long time and today is an extravaganza is that the right word for it yeah so our fairground extravaganza today and the rest of the bank holiday weekend so we invite lots of other showmen to bring in their fairground rides showman's engines the various side stalls got models as well so lots and lots of extra things here for people to enjoy between now and the end of the season so we've got the model weekend the beginning of september and then from the 9th of september onwards we've got a run of seven fairground at night events so they'll run on saturday evenings and then the sundays run until the 15th of october but the most popular one is our halloween event so we've we're doing two of those this year and they're on the 14th and 21st of October, Saturday evenings, two of them. Can I just say, going round today, you've got some fantastic volunteers. Yeah, we really, really have. Very, very passionate people. And I think the thing that sets Holycombe apart um, with our volunteers is the volunteers we've got, it is their life passion. So they've been doing it for a long time and they make it the thing that they really care about and 
yeah, brilliant people, really good. And what's nice is to see that they're bringing their families in as well, aren't they? To yeah, we all do. My two daughters volunteer alongside me. They're helping running the coconut shy in the fairground at the moment. So yeah, it is a fam- it is a family event and a, a family friendly attraction. So yeah. So why should people come to Hollycombe? It's a completely unique day out, but the thing that I'll say is the minute you drive through the gates, you forget about the rest of the world. Completely leave all your worries behind and have a great day out. It's very nostalgic. You've got the smell of steam, the sound of the fairground, got the candy floss. It is just good old-fashioned rebellious fun. And recommended. Very, very recommended. It's addictive. Lucy, thank you so much. That's all right. You're welcome. The P stands for Petersfield. I can't believe that we live in such a idyllic place. The Peapod. So Claire and I have decided to have a wander around the farmer's market, which takes place the first Sunday of every month. And we've started with Jake's Artisan Foods. Hello, Jake. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Very well. Very well. So tell us what... Jake's Artisan Foods is all about? It's all about making the best possible pork pie after years and years and years of trying absolute rubbish from supermarkets and elsewhere. So we start with free-range pork. That's absolute necessity. Yep. Totally whole foods. So we have used no additives, nothing else. Totally handmade. and Totally classic processes. And um, as I say, it's all about making things as simple and as the best as possible. And how long did it take you to perfect your recipe? I would say the better part of eight years. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why did it take so long to get there, do you think? Because I was making it as, uh, not as a producer, so I was still in gainful employment at the time. Yeah. Um, so this was something that, as a hobby. Right. But I was determined to make the best pork pie I could possibly make. And then by the time I thought I'd made it, we started trialling it at pubs, at farmers markets and so on. Uh, Then it developed from there. What's so special about your pork pies? Why do they stand out above the rest? Well, the first thing is the fact that they're made with chopped pork rather than mystery sausage mush. Right? So it's everything's hand cut, hence hand cut pork pies from Hampshire. That's our shtick, but it's actually the essence of the pie. So chunks of free range pork shoulder. Pork itself comes as locally as possible, currently comes from some farms in Singleton. Yep, near West Dean. Yep. So just across the border. Um, uh, as they say, everything else is handmade. Um, and it, it, it comes through in the taste and the flavour and the, the whole experience of it. And I see next to it you've got some whole grain mustard. Is that yeah. your, Do you make that yourself as well? I do indeed, indeed. And that comes from um, local cider vinegar as well, towards Tisted. So, and again, all, all handmade, um, uh, hand-produced, hand-bottled, hand-labelled. Excellent. Now, we've spoken before... Now, normally you'd eat a pork pie cold, mm. but I believe you can heat it up. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. When would be the best time to heat up a pork pie? Well, in the depth of winter, when you're, you're hankering for that something hot and savoury and something that's going to give you that satisfaction of putting something steamy into your mouth with bags and bags of flavour. Because once these things are heated, the flavours, of course, change. Right? They become broader. They become richer and they go up your nose. You know when you smell something hot straight out of the oven and you want it, a big stew, big oh, ragu, something like on. that. That works so well. And I can't, I can't advise you enough to try it hot in the winter. Right, I think you've just made a sale. Jake, 
thank you very much. And you're here every, every month? Every month, that's right, first Sunday. And do you go anywhere else? Yes, I do. Um, we go to um, Ripley, we go to Winchester, we go to Arundel, we go to Farnham. Um, losing track now, but <laughs> pop, on the, pop on the website, jakesartisanfoods.co.uk, you'll get all the info. You can also drop us a line, say hi, meet up. Brilliant, Jake. Thank you very much for talking oh, to us this my morning. my pleasure. We've popped around the corner to Mrs. B's Bees, local honey producer. And I met with Debbie, who is Mrs. B herself. I am Mrs. B. Hi, Debbie. <laughs> Hello. Can you explain a bit more what you have here at the store today? Well, basically, we have a section of local honeys. We do it all from our own hives. We've got roughly 220 hives. So by doing that many hives, we put them in different locations. Each location we put on top of the label so people know which is a local honey to them. But also each honey is a different variety because they're on different trees, different plants and also different seasons. So you'll get spring honeys, summer honeys, late season heathers, you'll get honeydews. And people love it because they didn't realise quite how much flavour they can get out of a honey. That's quite a production. How long have you been creating your honey products? Uh, too many years to mention. <laughs> <laughs> but we also create the beeswax candles as well, which is purely from our own beeswax. It is technically a byproduct from uncapping the honey. However, we like making the candles. We have a good range of dip candles, moulded candles, novelty candles, whatever anybody wants. And they're different, cal- they're different coloured candles as well. How yeah, we, we colour them with uh, a food-grade oil, but other than that, we have natural colours. Which we much prefer. Now, I may be asking a very silly question here, but when it burns, the candle burns, does it smell of honey? Yes. Fantastic. It's natural. It's a pure (laughs) candle. Bees used to use beeswax candles for a reason. It burns clean, and it burns brighter and longer. And it didn't mark the manuscripts that they were using. And so, naturally, a beeswax candle will burn naturally brighter and clean, and it purifies the air. What more could you want? Joff is sold, I think. (laughs) Where did your love of bees and beekeeping come from, then? I'd always been interested in beekeeping for many years, and I actually started doing it when I lived in Romania. And it was... uh, Most people in Romania had... In the villages had a hive or two. Uh, And I got into it there, and my son started keeping his bees. He was seven when he started his own. And then when we moved back here, we carried on keeping our bees, and we joined Petersfield Beekeeper Society. And since then, it's grown rather large. My son's now judges at honey shows. He's now 26. Uh, My daughter helps with the candles, and it's now become quite a family business. Oh, how lovely. That's great how that's grown organically, (laughs) naturally. Naturally, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your favourite product that you have here? Well, I like the honeys anyway, but I do like the original cut comb honey, the natural comb, straight from the hive. Mmm, delicious. And where are you based? Near Alton, just outside Alton. It's very local indeed. It has to be outside because nobody wants to be my (laughs) neighbour. Oh, it's been fascinating talking to you. Thank you very much, Debbie. Thank you. Enjoy your day here. Thanks very much. Wandering around further into the market in the square this morning, we've stopped at Drayman's West Sussex Cider to talk to Debs. Hello, Debs. Hello, hi. Hi. Well, this looks a beautiful stall and very tempting produce. Can you tell us a bit more about Drayman's, please? Yeah, so uh, we do Drayman's Cider, which is a range of um, blends of apples. Uh, We don't put nasties in, and they're from our own orchard, our own trees, apples. We've got um, a mill, a press, and we even do from pasteurised into bottles. And then part of our other company is Apples Bloom, so we do apple juice. At the moment, we have discoveries on, so we have English variety apples in our orchards. And we also do cider vinegar with the mother, 
So that's the Healthy Vinegars, which is very vogue at the moment. Uh, we're a family-run business down near Nutbourne, near Chichester. Not far away at all. Okay. Discovery apples. I have a discovery apple tree in my garden. Ah. And it's one of the first ones that comes out That's right. over the years. Yes. And it's absolutely delicious. It's got strawberry tones to it. Beautiful. It's a really yes. gorgeous looking apple as well, isn't it? It's got a lovely kind of red outside. It's, it's like a snow white apple. Mm. For it's, me, that's what it seems like. Come on, Joff, come and join us. I'll come and join you. Yes, I used to work on the fruit and vegetable here. Ah. And uh, September, October was always a lovely time when you used to get the, the English apples that's come out. And that first discovery Chris there's a there's a tingle in your mouth as you take a bite into it for the first for the first one of the new season it's just you can't beat it then no they're lovely to squash to make apple juice a bit hard to look after because their skins are pretty thin so you have to press it or keep it you know stored pretty well um and then we have coxes that'd be our next one that's most people's favorites yep. uh russets well, that's quite that's a that's yeah. a tougher skin isn't it and you yeah. Quite nutty as yes. well. Yes. <laughs> so how, how big is the orchard that you have down there? Then? We have 30 acres, but we also have scrubland, so we leave a lot of wilding. Uh, but we have about 1,800 apple trees. So Goodness we've just, me. yeah, there's a, a lot of work, so a lot of looking after. So harvest to go up for us until mid August, and then we prune all the trees, and then we get ready for winter. When they go to sleep again. Joff's really excited about apples. <laughs> you didn't expect to be, did you? <laughs> How long has the orchard been there? How long have you been working there? Oh, it's actually things? been there for about 100 years. It's um, part of the orchard network, which is quite rare because most of them were removed. Uh, we, it was going to be turned into something else. So we took over the land. I've been doing it for nine years, actually. I just realised, wow, yes. So we've been running for nine years. I'm looking at the ciders. Nine percent. You can't drink many of those in a no, session, can you? we don't give them to pubs. We sell them ourselves. Right. Yes. So that's, that's a, quite a limited edition one. <laughs> we don't do lots of that one. <laughs> <laughs> but even the, even the 6.4, that's, that's a strong drink, isn't it? There's a lot of sugars in our apples. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, so it converts into alcohol, and that's why they're pretty high. We're, oh, we're not so. going to be like under five, like a beer or anything like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Making me thirsty, Geoff. I don't know about you. Yeah, I've got to drive, so I don't think I, I can really have a, a 9%. Take home, take home. <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted. Do you come to all the farmers markets here? Yes, yeah, most of them here. We've got Emsworth as well, that's a good one. South Sea, uh, there's, yeah, we cover most of them. Christmas, so we'll do more when we do mould drinks as well. Ooh. Get festive. Have to come back and visit, I think, John. Definitely. Thank you very much thank for telling you. us a bit more. It's, uh, it's been wonderful to meet you. Thank, thank you. you. Coming up, celebrations are in order for a local business. But first, here's our latest Petersphere What's On guide. The Peapod Events Guide. What's on in the Petersphere? This Wednesday, there's an opportunity to meet the team at Shine Radio and put yourself forward to get involved. Kate Fairweather hosts the team meet from 6.30pm at the Petersfield Museum Courthouse. It's free of charge and there are opportunities for you both on the mic and behind the scenes. On Saturday, there's a talk and a walk centred on the 2,000-year-long history of St Peter's Church. The event starts at 11 on Saturday, meet outside Petersfield Museum on St Peter's Road and wear sturdy walking boots. And look out for villagers with pitchforks on Sunday. It's heyday at the Adhurst Estate Community Orchard. Members of the orchard would demonstrate scything during the morning and there'll be other activities for both adults and children alike. It all starts at 10. Full details of that and 
dozens of other local events are in our events guide at shineradio.uk. If you're running an event, get it in the guide at shineradio.uk. A local independent trader is celebrating their first anniversary in town. Abby Jarvis from Meg's Kitchen spoke to Shine Radio's Julie Butler. So I'm with Abby, um, who is at Meg's Kitchen um, in the square at the moment. Abby, it's your sister's business, isn't it? It is, yeah. So um, Meg's currently busy baking at the moment, which is why I'm chatting. But yeah, it's a family-run business. We started during lockdown doing um, doorstop deliveries, takeaway teas and plowmans, which was great. And it really, really went wild. And now we've just had our first year anniversary of the shop at Meg's Kitchen. So it's fabulous. That's really exciting and I have to say, you know, all you hear you hear at the moment is, you know, businesses are not doing very well and, and struggling and here we go, it's a, it's a story of somebody who's basically started and built in lockdown and come where they are. So, you know, how busy, how busy is the shop? Well, we have seen huge, huge changes, especially in the last six months. As we all know, you know, it takes a bit to get off the ground, but I do all of Meg's social media, which we found is a huge, huge success. Um, And it really, you know, gets our name out there. And I think now after a year of um, trading in the shop, we've we've really, you know, turned a massive corner and we're absolutely loving it. It's busy every day and everything's homemade and and Meg puts so much sort of passion into it. It's great. It's a family affair, isn't it, as well? I think, from what I've seen, um, your mum and dad are heavily involved and uh, it kind of works, does it? Yeah, so all four of us, so myself and Meg um, work really well together and then mum's always in the shop as well, so um, lots of people know mum. And then, yeah, dad's always helping out too. So, yeah, we all really work well together and it's really proven to be a success, which is great. What's for the future of Meg's Kitchen? Have you got any ideas where Meg wants to go next? Wow, so Meg has lots of big plans. I won't say too much, um, but we're gonna get out there on lots more stalls, so you'll be seeing our name a lot more. Hopefully, you know, the shop carries on doing really, really well, and we've got some big plans for that too. So yeah, we will see what happens. I look forward to that. So if anybody actually doesn't know where Meg's Kitchen is, I mean, we're obviously you're in the square at the moment, but where, where would they find you? So the best, the way I normally describe it to people is in Waitrose Car Park, where everyone parks, it's um, to the to the back of the entrance of uh, Pizza Express, it's to the right of that, so down where Fez, the restaurant is, it's down the alleyway there, in Waitrose Car Park, so it's really convenient for parking, it's, yeah, it's great, the footfall's brilliant. And do you have any um, Facebook or website or anything like that? Yep, so we are um, Meg's Kitchen on Facebook and Instagram. We are working on a website, so that's not currently up yet, um, but that will be coming. But yeah, we're on all over all over social media, so everyone definitely, you know, have a look at us. We, we, we post daily on there of what we're up to and events and things like that, so it's really good to keep an eye. The Clanfield Bowls and Sports Club is enjoying a surge of membership, as well as the beautiful view. And it's not all about bowling, as Shine Radio's Phil Humphreys found out when he visited the pavilion and spoke to Chair David Charlton. I'm here at the Clanfield Bowls and Sports Club with the Chair, David Charlton. Hi David, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you Phil. Lovely to see you and welcome to our lovely pavilion. Uh, But sadly, in the pouring rain at the moment, so there's not a lot of bowling going on. But I know this is a vibrant and busy club. Tell us a little bit about what goes on here. Well Phil, 
the, the, the clues in the name. We're a bowls club, and that's what we major on. Most days of the week, you'll see the rinks are full of people enjoying their games of bowls. Yes, we do play in the rain, but only slight rain, <laughs> not the sort of rain that we've had this morning. But we're very fortunate. We have an all-weather outdoor carpet, which enables us to play in all weathers, and as well as playing in little showers, we're also playing in the depths of winter. So we're literally a, a year-round bowling club, and that's what we, we set ourselves up to be, and that's what we, um, we have achieved. Brilliant. And all run by volunteers? Every single person in the club, bar one, is a volunteer. We have one paid person, and that's our cleaner. <laughs> but other than that, yes, we're all volunteers. We all give freely of our time. And um, without the expert help that I get from my fellow committee members, we wouldn't be in the position we're in today. We've got a lovely rink here. We've got a beautiful view. I mean, it's, it's a sad thing that this is radio rather than, rather than visual, but I will, I will put a picture with this because we look out across the downs and up to Botser and behind the clubhouse is the windmill. How many people are jealous of this club's location? Every single visiting bowler that comes to this club is amazed at what we have. We are just so fortunate. I can assure you, Phil, on a Friday evening when we have a general get-together and people are sitting out on the patio, maybe with a glass in their hand, their view is absolutely stunning. I was up here yesterday morning playing. I looked out on one of the fields and the farmer was cutting his hay or whatever he was doing. There were tractors going backwards and forwards. It's idyllic. <laughs> People would pay good money to be having their house on our plot of land looking out at what we can look at out. Marvellous. And you mentioned sitting out with a glass in the hand because although we major on bowling with the club, there's a lot more that goes on. Tell us a little bit about that, all those other activities. Yes, we're very conscious that there are a lot of people in Clanfield and the surrounding areas who unfortunately have found themselves as a single wife or a single husband. And so what we try to do is to provide facilities, uh, recreational opportunities uh, for those people. And so we have regular events, some of which happen monthly. Every month we have a music night. Every month we have a quiz night. They are well attended. And unless you get in early, you won't get a ticket for that. Mm -hmm. We also have other events. Every Monday evening, we have a little ukulele group. When it started, they were all beginners, and now they're quite accomplished ukulele players, which is, wow. is fantastic. Monthly, we have a chat and a cuppa morning. So the pavilion is full of ladies doing their cross-stitch and their knitting and embroidery. Um, one of our male members comes along and does his painting, uh, so that's open to all. Uh, what else do we have? Every week we have a weekly board game evening on a Wednesday. Uh, the pavilion is nearly full of people playing board games that you and I have never heard of before. Mike, who runs that evening, has a loft full of games that uh, he, he brings along and it's, it's a really vibrant evening. On a Friday evening we have a, just a general get-together and a chit-chat. The bar's open. As I say, if the sun's shining and people are sitting out in the patio. And 
that's why, as chairman, I'm absolutely delighted that we can provide this social point for the village. Now, a couple of years ago, the club actually won quite an accolade as being singled out as a winning village facility. And do I understand that we may be getting looked at again for this award? I'm not quite sure how you knew that, Phil, but you're absolutely right. In 2019, our first year of operation, we were lucky enough to be awarded the Fuller's Village of the Year facility. What an accolade. And unbeknown to us, we were nominated again this year for exactly the same award. We have been shortlisted and the judges are coming to see us very shortly. Who the judges are, how many there are, what they're going to do, we have no idea. But we do know that they're coming to see us. Wouldn't it be incredible if, once again, we could become that facility of the year? This is a Hampshire-wide award. We work hard, we don't look for reward, but that would be incredible if we were to gain that. And what a wonderful note to end on. David, thank you so much for chatting with me today. And uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed for your inspection. Indeed we will. Thank you, Phil. And that's it for this week's Peapod. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to our guests this week. Lucy, Nick, Alistair, Abby, Julie, Phil, David and the Hampshire Farmers Market. Thanks also to our editor, M. Sefton-Smith, and to the Shine Radio team. And once more, vote Joff. So, from Claire and I this week, (laughs) bye. bye! Come on, Petersfield, let's build a band. A beat from Dragon Street and a snare from the square. A bass from Penn's Place, a gliss from Liss and a fill from Bell Hill. Ooh, some vocals from us locals and the Dave Gilmore of Tilmore. Only Petersfield's Shine Radio plays original music from local musicians. The Local Showcase with Mandy P is sponsored by Brickyard Studios. Petersfield's professional recording studio, rehearsal space and PA hire. The Local Showcase, Thursday nights at 9 and always online at shineradio.uk.